Actually, I'm joined this evening, but and not every evening, but I'm joined. <laughs> <laughs> I think Haida really would have a comment she for that. She would have a comment. Jason's over again? Again? He comes up from Virginia to every, Connecticut. Every evening? Every evening. It's true, Haida. <laughs> uh, so I'm joined with, joined by. Every time. I'm joined by Jason Johnston Yellen. That's me. And uh, we, this time around, we're on the road. We're in Chicago. Uh, We had a very full day in Chicago, and we kind of are ending it. Right now it's about 10 p.m. or so. We are. We had quite a day, and what we really wanted to do was record this portion of the podcast the day after Seattle Jubilee, because this is the Seattle Jubilee wrap-up episode yeah you did something interesting you booked a ticket out of SeaTac mm-hmm. that had you in the air yeah before 7 a.m yep the morning after after the jubilee where we were out until the wee hours of the morning can i just point out i didn't book it i i booked it sounds like you booked it to me <laughs> i did and it wasn't smart it was I'm, very unsmart. Well, you know, I wanted to get home to uh, to my wife and children. And how did that work out for you? <laughs> it worked out so poorly. <laughs> so poorly. I spent, you know, I tallied the, the hours and I spent a total of 19 hours traveling that day. Oh, yeah, I, I know. I, I woke up three, four hours after you left the hotel room. <laughs> I had breakfast with friends. Uh-huh. I said goodbye to friends. Oh, yeah. I drove to the airport. Look at you. And I was home a good two hours before you. God damn it. <laughs> See, that's the trick. You want to book it. You made a mistake. Oh, I, I should have booked it. I, I booked it and then when I should have booked it. You should always book it. So you booked it. I did. And it was worked worked out beautifully. <laughs> Next time. Next time in Seattle. Seattle. So speaking of Seattle. Yes. That was a lovely Jubilee. I tell you, it was quite different from last year because and attendees who are listening might remember this. And we talked about it a bit, I think in an earlier episode, probably the wrap up episode from last year. It was different because we capped the number of attendees by an additional 75 people. Capped it by an additional 75. It, I don't an, think that means what you think it means. <laughs> capped it by an additional 75. In other words, we lowered the number of tickets to be sold <laughs> so as not to include the extra 75 that we had last year. So maybe the opposite of additional 75. Maybe we... I think people subtracted know. Subtracted 75. I think, I think people know exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I, I had a few comments from people who said, I really enjoy the amount of space we've got. And they could really stretch out. The goal for us is always 
that our attendees are able to speak with the exhibitors. Oh, yeah. Yep. Really get into the stories of the brands, really go, you know, a number of people who go to a table and want to taste through everything that's on the table. Yeah. Uh, really fantastic. And really allowed for that. I will say, however, oh. in our transparent industry podcast. Okay, I think you're going where I, I was going to go. I'm let you gonna, <laughs> I'm going to let you go there. Please do. Reducing the number of tickets sold, yes, but increasing the amount of food served, uh-huh. it's not the best thing for the bottom line. I'm going to tell you, that wasn't smart. <laughs> well, well that, that's not entirely true. It was smart because our attendees had an amazingly wonderful time. Yes. And that warms the cockles of our hearts. Yep. However, Cuckle. it doesn't warm the cockles of our accountants' <laughs> hearts. And so yeah. next year, and I've been telling everybody and you've been telling everybody to, to put the pressure on us, we need a bigger venue. Yeah. We do. We do. And actually, we were going to move into a larger venue this year. Yep. Uh, it, it just wasn't in the cards, you know, with... With you joining Impex uh, back in August, yep, and September, October, November, December, S O N D as we like to call in the business, being the four busiest months of the year, we didn't have time to to go out to Seattle and and visit these other these other venues. Yep, and I do I do remember. I think I probably said it in the podcast that I had started researching yes. venues immediately yep. after last year's Jubilee Seattle. I remember you saying that. Yeah. Because we knew it was full. We knew it was hot. We knew we ran out of food maybe 30 minutes, 45 minutes before the end of the show. We identified all these areas and then time was impossible. So we made do with what we what we had and we moved the the setting around a little bit. But unfortunately, mm-hmm. the time has come and we must, must, must find a new venue. And the thing that I said to people on the night was we finally have the opportunity to cap all three of our cities yeah. at the exact same number. 450 people, New York, Chicago, and in 2019, Seattle, Seattle. Yeah. Yep. and that'll be that'll be really wonderful, and I, I I feel like at that point we'll have really built three tremendous whiskey jubilee events mm. um, that that kind of live up to our style and 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 our demands. Yeah, yeah, and I'm really thankful. You know, we talk about 450 people. And I think to some people that might not sound like a lot of people. I think to another set of people that may say, ooh, that's a lot. Jeez, you, yeah. That's kind of ambitious. And in the end, I just want to say I'm thankful for it. You know, we sold out the event a good two months before the actual event. Yep. And could have gotten that 450 p- people. But... There's no way we would have been able to fit it. Never, uh, never, 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 yeah. never. So this is our opportunity for new venue, same caterer, uh, Leah's oh, Catering. She's so good. Once again, rave reviews. Um, our good friend Natalie came up to me within the first three minutes of mm-hmm. the Jubilee, Seattle, and said, there is no harm in Tashin. 
I oh, yeah? come here. I love the Hamantaschen, and there are none. And uh, <laughs> yeah, that was that was a little bit sad. Well, so yeah, so for those listening that have no idea what Hamantaschen is, uh, there is a Jewish holiday called Purim, uh, which is almost like I compare it to uh, the Jews' version of Halloween. In a sense, yeah. In a sense, yeah. Everybody dresses up. Uh, but like every other Jewish holiday in the calendar, because the Hebrew calendar is a lunar calendar, uh, and, and not, was it Gregorian? Sure. Right? You're Gregorian? I'll let you wear uh, that. Yeah, that works. Um, our holidays go all over the place. So last year, <laughs> uh, for March... All, all over the place is, <laughs> is nicely put. <laughs> well, y- you know, even in our calendar... We have the month of Adar, and then second Adar, and that's like every other year, every three years, we just throw in another, a, like a second version of the same month. Yeah. Just cause. That works. Yeah. But anyway. Um, a leap month. A leap month. Yeah, that's basically what it is. So last year, our event fell right around Purim. I think right before, right after, I can't quite remember. And so our caterer brought hamantash, and there are these triangular cookies that are quite sweet, and they have a filling in the center. Sometimes it's poppy seed paste. Sometimes it's apricot jam or raspberry jam or strawberry or lemon curd. I've had lemon curd once, and they are delicious. But nope, alas, there were none this year. I have a feeling that somebody who made their way to a podcast would possibly know how to use the Google machine. Oh, right. I've and, heard of that. And so, Joshua, how does one spell hamantaschen? Um, no, there's no there's no M. doesn't open with oh, an no, M. Okay. No. So it is H-A-M-A-N. Haman. For Haman. And then Tashen, all one word. This is all one word. T-A-S-H-E-N. Hamantaschen. Did I do it right? You're looking at me as if I didn't do it right. Isn't there a C in there? Oh, you can throw it in if you want to be fancy. <laughs> and I and I do. I'm nothing if not fancy. Um, yeah, and so Haman is for Haman, but Tashin is? I don't know. My Hebrew's terrible. It's his hat. Oh, it's his hat? Tash? It's Haman's hat. Oh, Tash Rosh. Yeah, what? that makes sense. Because Rosh has had to, you had to change mm. with the Tav. Yeah, okay. You know, there's yep. nothing like the Scottish Goyim letting the little... Connecticut Jew know a little bit more about his culture and his heritage. Well, I knew it was in the shape of Haman's hat. Yes, yes, you did. Yes, you did. But I didn't know that Hamantaschen meant Haman's hat. Know what else it means? Delicious cookie. That's exactly what it means. (laughs) That's exactly what I was going to (laughs) say. It means delicious cookie in my tummy. But enough about these delicious Hamantaschen, which... Fingers crossed we'll make a return next year. Mm-hmm. You were talking a moment ago about the people and being thankful for the people. The, oh, yeah. the 450 in New York and and uh, Chicago, yeah. the 300 in Seattle uh, who sold us out two months early. But it's not just people who live in those communities that come out and support us. Our, yeah. our good friend Aaron Krauss has flown across the country and has come to New York and Chicago and Seattle. Our very good friend Michael Nolan uh, has done the exact same yeah. thing, uh, despite being based in Chicago. He's also made it to New York and Seattle. But we had some friends fly up from 
from Los Angeles <laughs> uh, to yeah. to support us in Seattle. And this was year three, and, and here they were on our doorstep. We have a California... Yeah, yeah, you go ahead. You, yeah, I've already interviewed you. We, yes. We have a California contingent. People who purposely hopped on a plane to come to Whiskey Jubilee. And first, the first person I'm going to put behind in front of the tape is Marshall Naiman, because this mother effer does nothing but bust my balls. But still, you came out here. Thank you. First of all, I'd like to take credit for bringing Single Cast Nation to Los Angeles, because Kat and I spoke about six years ago, and I brought him in here, and all of a sudden we have 150 people in Los Angeles. I know. Give or take 100. I know. You know, the important L.A. people are here. Like Rachel. You're, you're, yeah. Member 628. Member 628. That's, you're a founding member. I am a founding member. You're a founding member. Aaron, you're not a founding member. This, this is a founding, founding, founding member. Uncle Carl, can we say hello to you? Hello. <laughs> Los Angeles loves Single Cast Nation. We love the product. We love Hatton. We love Johnstone Yellen or whatever his hyphenated last name is. Even though they're both vegan vegetarians, they make some good whiskey and they have a fun party. And Mr. Aaron, thank you for being here. Thank you. Well, as I just said in a recent post for boozedancing.com, this is easily the best whiskey show on the planet. Well, North America at least. I've been to a lot of them, and this is still the best one. It's the best people, it's the best array of whiskeys, and it's... I'm almost there. It's really... It's just a really great vibe, and I just always have fun, so I love traveling all over the country to, to come to this party. Even, even if Marshall shows up. Yeah, I know. See, I didn't want to tell you that Marshall was going to be here. Despite Marshall, we're still going to have fun. The point is, Los Angeles does not fly directly to Seattle, ever. We had to make three stopovers to New Orleans, Phoenix, and Portland to get here. The dedication. Stunning. The biggest question is, are you wearing Star Wars underoos? I have Star Wars underwear in my suitcase, but not on tonight. Okay. Hatton, one of the best memories is when you slept in my son's Star Wars bed about three years ago when you actually visited Los Angeles, and that touched my heart. There is nothing I love more than sleeping in your son's bed. <laughs> the son was not in the bed, but the Star Wars sheets were present. Come back to L.A. We miss you. Uh, we'll come back. We'll come back. I promise. <laughs> Jason, speaking of transparency... Oh, okay. I thought you were going to say, speaking of transitions, because I want to change my name to transition, so that each time we know what's happening. <laughs> speaking of transsexual transvestites from Transylvania, there are people that get that. People hear that and they say, oh yeah, and they're throwing toilet paper into the sky and saying, great Scott! All these references are for the kids. It's, it's a bit of a time warp. Yeah, Just and, step to the left. <laughs> so I want to be transparent here. And yes, transparent. I am, as you know, I am the guy that goes out while you're working behind the table. And everybody who's listening to this podcast, we do these Jubilee wrap-ups. And, and we've mentioned this before. You work behind the table. I'm going around 
putting out fires if fire needs to be put out, interviewing people, hoping that my recorder doesn't run out of uh, space, which happened this time around, unfortunately. You had one job. And just making sure that everybody is having a good time. I'm going to issue a complaint here without <laughs> mentioning names. Interesting. Curious to see where this goes. Whiskey Jubilee. That's us. That's us. Right. <laughs> Are you lobbing a complaint against Whiskey Jubilee? No. Okay, moving on. We're very specific about how we run our event. Oh, it's going to get naughty. So first off, we cap the number of attendees that come to our event, right? So mm -hmm. people can move around. We have a very low ticket price. Chicago and Seattle, $95. New York, $140. That low ticket price gives people the comfort to walk around, check things out, have conversations with people, and to learn and not feel as if they have to get their money's worth. Yeah. Right? You get your money's worth the second you walk it's in the, the door. The second you walk in. $95 per person, the cheapest night out you're going to have in Seattle. Drinking all that whiskey, eating all that delicious food, drinking the beer that we brought, etc. Smoking the cigars that we brought, etc. <laughs> so, walking upstairs, etc. Right, <laughs> going through two rooms, etc. 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 And one of the things that we make a point of, we do, is that when people are walking around, when people are going to an exhibitor table, they're going there to learn. They want to understand that product line from the entry level all the way up to what is normally a VIP hour pour for, for, for most events. In ours, it's a table pour, right? Yep. And we have a very strict rule. <laughs> no models. No dolly birds. Everybody Or dolly blokes. Or dolly blokes. Yeah, that's a good point. Everybody behind that table needs to have a working knowledge of the whiskeys they're pouring. And again, I'm not going to mention any names, but we had to file an official complaint because one of the brands brought in a couple of models <laughs> and one of them didn't know how to pronounce a core <laughs> range product. I was going to say, if you name what you what they couldn't pronounce, you may just out the distillery. <laughs> they couldn't pronounce. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Yeah, so so just know, you know, the, I don't know if anyone else noticed, but we noticed. And, and it's a point that we make. People are there to learn. The people are there to understand the whiskeys. Emphasis and, on learn, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Emphasis on learn. So, so we, we lodged uh, an official complaint and uh yeah I, I just wanted to put that out there yeah it also had us being a little bit reflective on where did we go wrong in our own messaging that a brand could misunderstand our no models policy well they have to tick a box that says i understand the strict no models policy held by the whiskey jubilee yeah but nobody reads, Joshua. People don't read. Nobody reads. They don't read. So we need to, we on one hand need to do a better job to make sure every single one of our exhibitors knows that we have a firm no models policy. And then exhibitors need to do a a good job. And 99% and of them do Yep, a wonderful job. And uh, we just need to iron that out. And that's it's as simple as that. Yeah. So 
we talked a bit before about our friends from California coming exactly. up, right? Yep. And I think this may be a good time to talk about the festival bottling we had. Yeah, it went over really well. Yeah, I've had that on my table. And what I really like about us doing more and more Jubilee events is that the Jubilee bottling is getting so well known. Yeah. And <laughs> and the number of people who come straight to the table and say, I know I need to taste the Jubilee bottling. Yeah. That's very yeah. cool. And that happens across all three of our cities. And um, and so, yeah, it's a fun label this year. We actually had the distiller front and center on yeah. the label, uh, Mr. Trent Tilton. Correct. From correct. San Diego Distillery. Hence the connection to our Californian guests. Exactly. So. Uh, some of you may know because I know we've got... Uh, a very well-versed listenership. Uh, some of you may very well know that San Diego Distillery experienced a fire last year. And while no casks were damaged, they did lose their still and yeah. they did lose their space. And they haven't been producing for a good number of months now. A few months, yeah. They, they actually won't start distilling until April. Okay. Yeah. Okay, almost upon us. And and so we'd actually agreed to this collaboration before the fire. Did we? Uh, yeah, I, I spent. Did, I, right. Actually, I spent time with Trent uh, last June twenty seventh. Okay, because it was my birthday. Oh, that's right. Happy birthday! And so, thank, for, thank you for back then. Yeah, it's the first time you've mentioned it, so <laughs> I appreciate you wishing. The I was waiting until the right time, and I thought recording a podcast would be perfect. The right time. <laughs> this is very special. Uh, I feel loved. And so, so yeah, so so June twenty seven was working with yeah. with Trent on the blend, yep. and uh, we took San Diego Distillery rice whiskey, peated whiskey, rye whiskey. We brought them together in in some top secret percentages, and we put them in a next sherry cask, mm-hmm. and we let them marry for for a few months here, and uh, just got it bottled for the jubilee. Yeah. And um, as I said to everybody on the night who put their name down on the list, I said, thank you. Um, but I also said, bit of a snafu with the label. And so it's not <laughs> shipping immediately after the Jubilee. Uh, it might actually be a little bit like three or four weeks Yeah, from it's then. And it's, ex- you know. Exactly. And, and this, is, <laughs> this is the problem. You know, us trying to run a company where we do our very best to be as transparent as possible and you send the label to the TTB which is the agency that approves the label uh, for, mentioned for, them before for, yeah for distribution and you put all of the details on there and it kind of threw them in a in a bit of a tizzy <laughs> right because they're not used to rice whiskey they're not used to this marriage of unusual styles yeah. of whiskey, right? Yeah. Peated malted barley and or peated malted rye and you know, just crazy stuff. Yeah, the, so the category hopping always worries them and and combining categories always worries them. And so and so we go back and forth, we listen to them, we're very respectful, we make the changes. We you know, Trent placed a few arguments mm-hmm. uh, in front of them and uh, I think they shot them all down. <laughs> and, you know, as is their want, uh-huh. and so yes, so we're we're in the process of finalizing the label, 
and uh, and then it'll be ready to go. But yeah. uh, the other thing on the night, and I, I believe you spent some time talking to Trent. Is I that did, right? I so, did. Yeah, I'll go to him in a second. So before yeah. we go over there, um, the thing that I kept saying to people um, is we had this mohawked, uh, goatee bearded Trent Tilton on our label. Yeah. And as I was pouring what I was calling a, a, an American blend for them, um, I was telling them, you can go down to his table and you can taste the deconstructed blend. That was so cool. And yeah. and the number of people who either said, oh yeah, I actually I just came from there, now I'm signing up. Or the number of people who said, I'm going to go do that right now. Yeah. And then swung back via my table to say, I had a brilliant time doing that. I mm -hmm. thoroughly enjoyed tasting the deconstruction. Um, it was good because in Seattle, given the space, we've never done a master class. Right. But Trent and Maria, mm -hmm. we should give props to Maria yeah, as well. Oh yeah, of course. Uh, Trent and Maria are married. I apologize to Maria. I don't know her official title uh, with the distillery. I, th I, th I think in the end she really runs the place. That's how it works with most wives, yeah. doesn't it? Um, and so, yeah, so, so, so the two of them, um, you know, having that deconstruction was almost like um, a, a, a table master class. Yeah, a small table master class. Yeah, really with, terrific. Yeah. <laughs> so let's pop over to yes. Trent. So just really quickly so listeners know, Trent's table was so incredibly busy yep. that what they're going to hear is me going sort of in and out of of interviewing him because and, and actually while I was interviewing him, he had people coming up and I said, you know what? Make the presentation. I recorded his presentation oh, awesome. to the people. So you get to hear him talk about the whiskey, which is very cool. Oh, so is this going to be a pretty decent length of, of time with Trent? It's always a decent length. With Trent? With Trent, yeah, with Trent. Trent Tilton. Yes, I'm here. Of, of San Diego Distillery. Yes, that's me. Well, so, so you are, well, first off, you're a friend from a few years ago. We met you, was it four years ago now? Four or five, four or five. Four or five years ago, yeah. Yeah, we came to your house, we did a tasting for your Whiskey Society, yeah? Yes, that's correct, for the uh, San Diego Whiskey Enthusiasts at that time. Yeah, okay. And since then, you thought it would be a really good idea to open your own distillery. Well, like of other, a lot of other distillers, I had always been, you know, playing around with distilling water at home, which a lot of people have done. Um, and yeah, I thought it would be a really good idea. Nobody was making whiskey in San Diego. We had 120 breweries really in town, and nobody making whiskey. So yeah. somebody's got to do it. So I remember being there, and you had some brandy that you were doing and some other things and so we Jason and I have been following what what you're doing and you've got some interesting core products for a San Diego distillery can you talk about some of your core products and the, the process that goes into making that so our core lineup is three different whiskeys one is and everything's beer based in in, in a sense our Bourbon is based upon a, uh, a Vienna lager, so it's only 51% corn and 49% Vienna malt. Our rye... Hold on. Can I... You guys have been drawn together by your yeah. hair. 
I love this. <laughs> it's kismet. It's totally kismet. Right. Go ahead, please. Yeah, no, this is why you're here. I just got to pour real quick. So yeah. What we have is the official uh, bottling for tonight. Oh, this is a 40% brown rice, 40% peated, and 20% rye, all aged in X barrels. Um, which my favorite part, which you have, is the caricature of me on the side. Uh, I'm one of the few characters that has appeared in this series, which I couldn't be more honored. That's why I have my mohawk up high and tight tonight. Um, so please, I, I would be happy to sign it, but I believe you have to buy these bottles all online. Yeah, so the bottles are purchased online and then we ship them to your doorstep. Yeah. So you know what? I should sign all these bottles when they go out the door. You should. I can initial or sign right down here. Where you'd be okay with that? I would totally do that. So I, let's do. It. So you'll get a bottle signed from me if you purchase one. How does that sound? I'm gonna go ahead and take. I'm gonna go ahead and take care of that. Um, thank you for the idea. To be quite honest, I think that's awesome. Um, so getting back, our and then our rye is uh, the rye. Our core lineup rye is actually a peated rye. We're one of the few places in the in the U.S. I know who makes a peated rye. It is 15% peated. Um, and then our other last one is our single malt, which we actually have tonight, however, this one's a little different. Our single malt is based upon a Russian Imperial Stout style of beer. So it's roasty, it's chocolatey, it's coffee-y. This one is aged 100% in French oak. But all of our whiskeys that are 92 proof, the ones that go out to a production, uh, to a distribution, are all Solera aged through X French oak Chardonnay barrels, which makes them really kind of fun, very different, light, soft, beautiful on tannins. That is our core lineup that goes out uh, throughout California, and we just started Nevada. Okay, so just so people who are listening are aware, this is now the fifth time, I think the fifth time, maybe the fourth time, I don't want to exaggerate, the fourth to fifth time I've tried to get you to talk to you, to interview you, but you've been so slammed at yes, your table. Yes. Unfortunately, yes. No, 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 that's fortunate. That is fortunate. You, you don't want to be just standing there twiddling your thumbs. No, everybody's eating food right now anyway, and this room's the coldest. I'm expecting everybody to crush us even heavier later. Oh, yeah, because right now they're 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 sweating their you-know-what's off in they're the other room. They're being smart. They're getting food before they try all this amazing stuff that's out here tonight. Um, that's why I just came from. I came from eating, so I can now drink 50 whiskeys and be reasonable tomorrow morning. Very nice. So... We started talking about why your core range is really eclectic. It's unusual. It, 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 I wouldn't say it resembles, but it is not unlike someone else's special editions, right? We're going to do this special thing, but you treat it as your core range. So where did you, how did you come up with this? Why are you doing that? So the reason why is that in the whiskey world, I always feel there's kind of a I don't want to say boring because I love whiskey, but there's a narrative that everybody who owns a distillery is going to make a bourbon and a rye or a single malt if they're making whiskey. If not, they're just going to make vodka and gin and rum. Yeah. Boring. Well, my wife and I are also beer people, and we also love wine. And we realize, you know, wine is vintage. Every year you go to a winery, they may be pouring the same cab, but it's the, it's the new vintage, and it may be better or maybe worse or whatever, but I like that. Uh, I like that characteristic of drinking something that's fun and fresh and live and new every time. Yeah. So when we decided to start the distillery, we took it very much the beer model. We've been to over 175 breweries, if I remember offhand. Well, I don't walk in and get the same beer every time. And yeah. 
if you and I are drinking whiskey and we love our local distillery and they make a bourbon, a rye, and a single malt that are the same, and they're, they're the same whiskey every time, well, why are you going to go back to see them? Yeah. Right? So we took the whole model of saying, well, every time you come to see us, we're going to have something different and something totally out there that hopefully nobody else is making. Four-year core releases, are they single cask or is it a marriage of multiple casks? Are all of our single barrel stuff? Yeah. So yes, it's all single barrel. Oh, everything is single barrel. Well, you were saying, do you mean our 92 proof? I designate all of our whiskey in either A, 92 proof, which goes to distribution, or all of our single cast stuff. Right, so your so your core range, when you're creating your core, is it a marriage of 5, 10, 20 casks, or is it you're doing it, you know? Okay, so our core range is blended really, really interesting. Everything is actually Solera blended. Um, so what will happen is all of our casks, we're such a young distillery that all of our casks are aging. And what I'll do is when I'm tasting through casks, which I do very regularly, if one cask is really, really like, say, a little overwooded or a little hot or a little strong, I'll blend that with a cask that maybe is not so much, but still has a really nice flavor profile or a malt flavor profile, or the Vienna malt comes through really strong, like yeah. say, say if it's one of our bourbon. So I'll only pull a certain amount of whiskey out of that cask to blend it and leave the rest of it to age. So all of our bottlings are actually done to order by our distributor, but they're all all of it goes into a large tank that will then will blend out of that. And a lot of that was similar to like how, uh, uh, I believe Glenn Fittich has done that way, you know, and the ton, the ton. Um, the, the, the Solera, it, yeah, it totally yeah. makes sense, yeah. And the ton Balvenies are kind of done in that same range. So it's, we pulled a lot of inspiration from that because we still want to let everything as lay age as long as we can. Yeah, so right now, San Diego Distillery is distributed in California only. We just opened up Nevada officially today with our first sale. Today? Mazel tov. Yes, thank you. I couldn't be more stoked. Yeah. Oh, that's great. Okay, so you're, you're a small distillery. How far do you want to... How far can you spread this until you say, I need to increase production to meet demand? So... A lot of people know that we had an incident late last year that caused us to cease production. Yeah. Um, so we've been out of production actually, unfortunately, since uh, September. However, that has enabled A, all of our cast to age for quite a bit longer, for which us is really nice. And B, during the downtime, we've actually expanded our current production with three times the amount of distillation and 10 times the amount of fermentation. So okay. we have really gone uh, through the roof, realizing that we, every drop we currently have made is, is theoretically sold because I'm getting purchase orders I can't really fulfill at this time. Yeah. So we realize we've got to shoot for the moon and we're game on on this right now. And once we open back up, hopefully next month, mid-April, um, we are going to be making a ton of awesome whiskey awesome. again. Yeah. So just so people who know who are listening, if you look at our festival bottling, which uh, Trent actually talked about earlier to people who he's pouring it for, on the label is some burning casks and a phoenix rising from the fire. And you look, 
you're on the label there and you look like shit. <laughs> What's happening? <laughs> and 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 the the hero and Chaya, who are the two main characters on the label, are helping you yeah. to rebuild. But so that that's that's the fun part of the label. But I want to sort of end this uh, interview with saying thank you. Thank you for being part of this this whiskey jubilee bottling family. It means a lot to us that you'd be interested in doing that. Well, as much as it means to you guys, it probably means 10 times more to me considering that I own the majority of these Jubilee bottlings myself. And I'm well aware that some of these last wild turkey bottles are going on the secondary for a ridiculous amount of money. Yeah. And to Wait, there's a secondary market? <laughs> I never heard of that. Okay, so that doesn't exist. Um, so we're, it's a very insanely distinguished company that I'm extremely humbled to be a part of. And I'm really stoked that we were able to work with you guys to put out, uh, we did a rice whiskey as, as part of this blend. Yeah. And as far as I know, this is the first rice whiskey uh, single cast nation has done. Um, yeah. And yeah. yeah. I'm our blend uh, that we worked uh, that I lovingly worked with Jason on for doing this. I I couldn't be more proud of what we were able to produce and what we were able to provide for the regular drinkers of Whiskey Jubilee and Single Cast Nation yeah. and whoever else is following what we what everybody in this industry is yeah. doing. Yeah. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll close with this. You, we were out last night having beers, beers and drinks and drinks and pizza and drinks and so on. And we had this discussion about there are going to be some people who are going to be floored by this. There are going to be some people that won't get it but are totally going to love it. And then there are going to be some people that don't get it and are going to not like it because it's it's rice, it's it's rye, it's and and peated barley. And it's just a weird, fun, weird thing. But what I can tell you is, everybody I spoke with, they've been floored by it. Yeah. So you're doing well. You're doing well. Awesome. I'm I'm I couldn't be more stoked to hear that because it is so out there, and that's what we're trying to do. Like we talk about core lineup, push boundaries, push boundaries. Let's take whiskey to where it doesn't exist. You know, yeah. let's do it. Game on. Cheers, man. Cheers. Thank you. We did something so far out the box. Yeah. That really there's only one distillery we could have done that with, and that's with you know San Diego Distillery. Yeah, and, and the fact that Trent gave us that freedom to do it as well. Yeah. Um, it was interesting because I always call it a collaborative blend with San Diego Distillery. And and he was telling a lot of people, this is this is Jason's blend. Jason was at the distillery. Mm. Um, Jason had the the idea to put rye with peat with rice, yeah. and then and then I brought it away and put it in front of you, and we we discussed different aspects of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but I I think that kind of shows uh, his magnanimity that. Ooh, as much as the podcast, thank you, thank you. As much as we were playing around with his spirit, yeah, in his distillery, yeah, he was still willing to say, "Oh no, no, it was the, the the other guys that did it. I just I gave them the raw ingredients, and and for me, the collaboration is, yes, he gave us the raw ingredients. We played around in his distillery. That's yeah, exactly. That's the collaboration. Yeah, and so sincere thanks to Trent. It's it's been an absolute pleasure working with you 
and uh, we learned a lot and we had a ton of fun. Yeah, and, yeah. and at the end of the day, we put out a Whiskey Jubilee Seattle bottling. That we're very proud of. Very proud of. Yeah, so, yeah. so cheers, mate. Uh, much appreciated. And as as one door closes <laughs> on a Jubilee <laughs> Festival bottling, yeah. another door opens. <laughs> well, right? This is the life of an event coordinator, right? Where we have three events per year, and there's never, there's not a single point in time where we are not doing something to ensure that a future event runs without a hitch, right? So we've got Whiskey Jubilee New York coming up. What day is it? It's March, right? It's March. It's now March. Yeah, it's, it's not coming up in March. No, 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 no. I'm <laughs> saying it's currently March, right? Then we got April, May, June, June 7. Is uh, <laughs> that's crazy? I know. Uh, is Whiskey Jubilee New York, and so here we are in Chicago. <laughs> I'm pretty excited. Jason and I are building. I like that term. Building our Whiskey Jubilee New York bottling. Yeah, yeah. For for longtime fans of the Jubilee bottling. You will not be surprised to hear that we're working on a marriage of casks. Yes. I'm going to leave it at that. Oh, is that, is that all you're going to do? Unless I you want to say a little bit more, but that's... <laughs> so, yeah, I think it's probably good. <laughs> I think it's probably good to just leave it as a marriage of casks. Yeah. Oh, yes, yes, yeah. yes, yes. Yes, yes, yes. There'll be there'll be plenty of time a to talk more. Yeah. B to reveal the label and mm-hmm. the the bottling. Um, yeah, twenty eighteen is a is a big year in the life of Whiskey Jubilee Festival bottlings. It is. It is. It's gonna, only just begun. I'm gonna leave it at that. You've only just begun. You want a bucket for that tune? <laughs> so actually, we're sipping on the New York Jubilee Festival bottling right now. We are. We're, we're so good at, at leaving it alone and saying no more because you said it once and then I added a little bit. And then and then I said, oh, we won't say any more. And now we're actually on to tasting the liquid. So <laughs> either we just look like idiots or you do some careful editing of this portion. I'm okay with looking and sound. Well... Sounding yeah. like idiots. This I, I, is a yes. podcast. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Video podcast. Do you right? want to give out a couple tasting notes or, or laying down footage? Audio. I get <laughs> long term <laughs> listeners, that's for you. I get a nice floral on yeah. the nose. Oh yeah. I get a nice sweetness on the palate. Let's <laughs> say nothing. I know, this is it's hinting. And, and <laughs> I get a nice long Easy. spicy yeah. finish. Yeah, a lot of that spice that you're getting on the finish I get on the nose, but it seems to be kind of wrapped in this delicious fruity blanket. So I'll I'll leave it at that. Hmm. Cool. Yeah. Tasty stuff though. Yeah, real tasty you stuff. You know, I was saying this the other day, we were at, you know, Westland selecting a cask, foie, foie, foie. and um, and I and I'd said to to Matt Hoffman and and Shane and Steve over there, 
the the test for me when we when we line up our casks and we do the nose palate finish mouth yeah. feel oh yeah test yeah. yep the the other test for me is when I find myself going back to a glass yeah and just sipping it just as I'm thinking about other things or you and I are discussing other things if I just keep reaching back for that glass and I keep sipping on it. That's a very good sign. And I just find during this podcast, I just keep reaching for this New York Jubilee mm-hmm. marriage of casks. And it just goes over the palate so beautifully. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it really yeah, it, it's it passes de- the secondary test. It's, it's delivering flavors in such a great way. And the mouthfeel, it's, it's that perfect combination of, Right, good oils coating your tongue, mm-hmm. but there's enough spice there to give you that tingly, verging on effervescent kind of exactly. thing. There's a liveliness, correct, uh, which I really like. And yeah, I just the more the more I see, I, I'm with you. I keep reaching for it, yeah, and even when I'm not thinking about it. Exactly, right? I exactly. Wanna, I want to nose it. I want to taste it. And that's a good sign. You know, anytime we do any bottling, you know, nose, palate, finish, mouthfeel test aside, is it something we want to reach for? Correct. Right? And the fact that we keep on reaching for it, that's a good thing. Yeah. And actually, just just very quickly, just in talking about Westland there, we will have a separate episode that was our live podcast recorded at the Westland Distillery the night before... Whiskey Jubilee Seattle, and now you and I, just as we suggested, you turn the calendar immediately. So as we're wrapping up Whiskey Jubilee Seattle, and we now start talking about Whiskey Jubilee New York, um, we're talking internally about doing a live podcast um, at the afternoon masterclass. Yeah, that was my that was my news. Oh, that's your news. That was my news. Oh, I, I think it fits here. It works. I, I would I'm not necessarily call it news. It'll become part of a news segment, but right now it's just a reveal. Ta-da! <laughs> um, and so, yeah, yeah, we'll, we'll record the live podcast at the Afternoon Masterclass, and it will be a deconstruction yeah. of these married casks yeah. and uh, hopefully another little surprise up our sleeves. Uh, yeah. Of that, yeah. we will say not no a word more. more. Yeah. Uh, but yes, if if you if you're a loyal listener, you enjoy what we're doing. Um, we'll send out more information on how you can join us at the live podcast recording at Studio Four Fifty in New York City. Yeah, on the afternoon of June seventh. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm I'm really excited, really excited for that. So, yeah, so I, I, I yeah. was just going to ask you that, Joshua. So, so as we're waxing lyrical and kind of casting our eye forward, we, we still need to wrap up our, our Whiskey Jubilee Seattle. And I think you got one more interview before you ran out of space on your portable device. Yeah, um, I've got one more interview I want to throw in. Something popped into my mind really quickly. I saved my final whiskey, my final whiskey of the night. Uh, was over at the Copper Works table. Good now, lads. Yep, good, good, good people. Was Jason on the table or Jeff on the table? Or th- uh, it was. You, we had Micah uh-huh. behind the table, 
and then Jeff came up. Awesome. Afterward. So I, so I saved Copperworks for last because I wanted to end on something I knew they were going to they always do something different, something unique. And it was really cool. They selected they actually pulled a cask sample specific for Whiskey Jubilee and bottled that up and so it's you know it's the regular bottling but handwritten on the label it says you know for whiskey jubilee that was really nice of them yeah, i came in to thank you for bringing me a sample of that so i could taste it yeah yeah it was good stuff uh so so i wanted to put that out there spoiler alert he never brought me a sample spoiler oh. alert oh, i, I never got to taste it i didn't spoiler do alert it. i've seen the photo of it but I haven't actually tasted it. So. That's three spoiler alerts. That was all sarcasm, and it all just just washed right over his back. Because <laughs> I thought I brought you some. <laughs> Bust him on behind the table. Yeah. Uh, so, moving onward, we had Ari Shapiro in the house. Yep, uh, great, great bloke, yeah, also known yeah. also as known the whiskey, whiskey guy. guy. Yeah, yep. the whiskey guy. Yep. And I got to talking with him about the Glenlivet. That's what he was representing that evening. And we got into a little bit of history, mm. which I learned something. Oh, which, dude Dude can get his, his nerd on oh, and shit, his yeah. geek on. Yeah, he is, yeah. Yeah, he yeah. is very knowledgeable, the whiskey world. Um, yeah, also, you know, when we speak to him, he's always getting... Ideas, little wrinkles for us. Yes. Things to do with the Jubilee, things yeah, that he yeah. observes from his side of the table. Really super smart, observant guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, really, really dig him. So, yeah. Power to you, Ari. Really, always great to see you. Andy's Mishpacha. Bless you. <laughs> so, uh, so, over to Ari on a little bit of history. And then a little bit about their Nadora line, which I absolutely adore. I'm with Mr. Ari Shapiro, a.k.a. the Whiskey Guy, who is pouring Glen Liv- not Glen Livet, the, the Glen Livet. Can we get it right, please? Because <laughs> there is only, there is the one and only Glen Livet, but there are a lot of other distilleries that have, right, Imperial hyphen Glen Livet. More, I think Mortluck is a hyphen Glenlivet. For, for a time, you could even find bottles of the Glenlivet. The said Glenlivet of Glenlivet. McAllen had McAllen of Glenlivet. It, it, it was a region for a long time. And, you know, it was uh, bottled that way. You saw those names on the labels so that you could understand flavor profiles. People weren't comfortable with saying Lowlands, Highlands, Speyside, Coastal. But if you knew the name Glenlivet as a region, you knew some of the flavors that you might find in the bottle. So before there was Speyside, it was a Glenlivet region. You're absolutely right. I always thought that it was some sort of a a marketing ploy from the distilleries to say, because Glenlivet was the name, that they would say, well, let's throw on a Glenlivet on ours, and hey, you'll like ours too. <laughs> we, we like their stuff. If we put their name on our bottle, maybe you'll buy some of ours too. No, it really was a region thing, and so that you could help distinguish a, a flavor profile. And so I, I like to think about um, Irish whiskey and bourbon whiskey and Japanese whiskey and some of the laws that go into the production of those stylistically flavor-wise. And and we know that a Canadian whiskey is going to taste like a Canadian whiskey because they have laws in place to make it taste like that. But those laws didn't exist in the 17 and 1800s. So how do I know what I'm getting in the bottle? If we say it's of a particular region, then we get that flavor profile. And that's what Glenlivet was. That's very cool. 
That's very cool. Talk to me, if you wouldn't mind, about what you're pouring this evening. I see three different Naduras, which I remember when Nadura came out, it, it was a standalone. And now it seems, and I could be wrong, now it seems you're, you're expanding Nadura. Is, are you, is the Glenlivet pulling back on age statements, trying to focus a little more on cask influence? Because you've got bourbon, sherry, peated. What's, what's the Glenlivet trying to do with the range to uh, put its face forward to the public? Thank you so much for asking. You know, um, with any whiskey distiller, it, I, it, I really firmly believe that it should always be about flavor and about the consistency of the flavor. Um, an age statement is a great way for someone to say that it should cost a little bit more, and and that might that might mean to someone that it is supposed to taste better. But really, who's to say that you're going to like a whiskey or that I'll like a whiskey until you taste it? And so when I think about the Nadura family and 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 its heritage and the 16-year-old age statement that existed, that was a fantastic expression. And I was a little bit sad to see it go. But these 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 three great whiskeys. So we have our Nadura first fill. And so first fill being the first chance that we get at those casks after they leave uh, a bourbon distillery. And then we go on to our Oloroso sherry wine casks and our peated whiskey casks. It's an opportunity to taste the DNA of Glenlivet and how the wood affects the whiskey. Because wood is 70 to 80% of the flavor of a whiskey. So how do we take a flavor that everybody knows, like the Glenlivet, and then tweak it, adjust it, make it lean this direction, make it lean that direction. Find that that core flavor profile, but give it a twist to find something new. And at the same time, learn what the wood does to affect and, and influence the flavor of the whiskey. And that's what the Nadura really is about. So... Could I? Could we talk? Can I try the the peated and can we talk about it a little bit? I just need to wash my glass out. Absolutely. Because I have some wild, crazy San Diego Distillery single malt in there. I don't know. I haven't been over to their table yet. I want to try some of their juice. It's amazing. It's really interesting. So what I'm pouring for you is the Glenlivet Nadura peated whiskey cask. And if we look at the bottle, we can see the notation at the bottom, PW0715, so that's a simple batch number. This one's bottled at 61.5%. And then we can see the stamp here in the lower right quadrant, peated whiskey cask finish, PW0715. Nadura being a Gaelic phrase, meaning natural. Yeah. So it's non-chill filtered and bottled at that cask yeah. strength of 61.5%. So the process to make this whiskey is somewhat similar that we find to the rest of the whiskey that we have in this room. We take the, the, the new make spirit, we put it into a cask. After its primary maturation, we go into those Isla peated whiskey casks. Yeah. The way I like to think of it is take the Glenlivet flavor profile, that DNA, and wrap it and a peated whiskey blanket. We can still find that core flavor, but we wrap it in that peated cast just to give it a twist. So off the bat, at 61.5, there's no sting in the nose. It's, It's holding its alcohol incredibly well. You know, um, if I think about a a sherry wine or other types of red wine, some people might describe that as being tight. And and to me, when I see that, I think of it as, oh, oh, oh boy, (laughs) what am I I in for now? You're right. It's very soft on the nose. Do you get any uh, any of that salt coming through? Any of the brine? Any of the peat? Yeah, I do. It's it's real slight though. It's it's almost, What's interesting is, you say peat, and instantly, people 
people, myself included, would want to think, okay, I'm going to be in for a ride here. It's going to maybe well, not over. Well, I don't like peated whiskey. Maybe I won't like that. Yeah, maybe I won't like that. But this is. It's gentle. It's just, it's it's a soft beat, and I am getting those coastal tones to it. There's no iodine. I'm not getting the iodine. I'm not getting that, you know, that Isla punch that, that you get. Um, it'd be interesting to, to taste well, let's, it. Let's have a taste. Let's have a taste. Slancha. Lachaim. Man, right up front, you get the salt right on your lips. Kind of the, the danciness, yeah. uh, right on right on your lips, and it hits kind of washes over your palate with the salt and the brine and that peat, and then the finish is where you get the smoke, just so deep. But Glenlivet's there. Yes, it's not hidden. It's it's it's, it's the backbone is there. You're absolutely right. It's the DNA flavor. It's the same source spirit. It's just been finished in that peated whiskey cast just to give it that blanket, just to give it that wrap around the outside. Yeah. That's very nice. What's that? Eve's dropping. Feel free to drop as many eaves as you like. <laughs> Look at that. Which book <laughs> family. Family. Means family. Seeing as I ran out of space on my recorder, <laughs> uh, really poor planning on my part. Listeners, if you could, if you could join me in this one, you had one job. <laughs> Thank you for your assistance, listeners. Hashtag you had one job. Yeah. Send that through uh, Twatterton. To at One Nation Whiskey. Yeah. If we can get One Nation Under Whiskey, hashtag you had one job trending, that would be a ton of fun. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I ran out of tape and I didn't get to do what I always like to do. You ran out of tape or you ran out of wax? <laughs> Parafilm. <laughs> we'll combo with the two. Uh, I ran out of space on my digital recorder. Mm-hmm. And so I didn't get what I really enjoy doing, and that is recording you while Me? you're behind the table. To be quite honest, mm-hmm. even if I did have space on my digital recorder, you were busy AF oh. that evening. Cheeky. As a Frenchman? <laughs> busy as a Frenchman. Huh. Yeah. A well-known American saying, busy as a Frenchman. <laughs> Busy AF. It's just so popular, it's shortened now. I know. Busy AF. Uh, We. So, yeah, 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 yeah. Crazy busy. Uh, Yep, crazy busy. Folk always come in. It's always lovely to see so many nation members and people learn about the nation for the first time. Uh, On the table, uh, what did I have? Lefroy 10. Oh, yeah. Milton Duff 9. Canvas 28. So, those three come from the retail line. Yeah. As mentioned earlier, I had the Whiskey Jubilee Seattle Festival bottle front and center on my table. Yep, yep. And then I'd also, from our, our online special projects division, I'd pulled in our English Whiskey Company, nine-year-old, Ooh. and our upcoming, currently shipping to the United States, Port Charlotte 14. Man, uh, man of Yeah. You know, it was funny because the number of people came straight to the table and said... Okay, I have to taste the Whiskey Jubilee Seattle bottling. Boom, they did. And they'd put their name down on the sheet, so they were guaranteed a bottle. And then they'd say, and 
your Port Charlotte. <laughs> yeah, for the Port Charlotte. And uh, they just loved it, loved it, loved it, loved it. I was absolutely racing through the Port Charlotte. So I was, I was a little worried it wouldn't last for the duration of the show. And at the kick of the ball, 10 p.m., I pulled off my little quarter-ounce porter mm-hmm. from the top of the bottle. Yeah. And I slugged the last wee bitty. <laughs> and uh, it was my own little celebration for a show well done. Um, Did you mm-hmm. have anything under the table? <laughs> Leading question. No. But you didn't. You didn't. <laughs> I did. I did. I definitely did not have a 2004 Orkney distilled peated cherry matured the px cherry matured one single malt under the table and that's def- with with no no label on it the not scapa one yeah i definitely did not pour not scapa from under the table um no my my very good friend and and a and a constant contributor to our our little program here and uh, author of whiskey fan fiction james foster was in the house, <laughs> yeah. and James was excited to taste everything on the table, loved the Port Charlotte, and then I told him there was a little secret under the table for him. And, and you were talking about the whiskey. And and I, I did. I poured him the 2004 Orkney that we've been speaking yeah, about yeah. on on the podcast, Yeah, and he loved it. He absolutely loved it. And uh, gave me a hug, uh, gave me a, a little kiss, and uh, and was very appreciative and very thankful. And then he came up from under the table because <laughs> he said it was under the table. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he he thanked thanked us for listening and for redirecting yeah. Yeah. this uh, this very special Orkney single cask and I, and I will say this and right. and I only say it in front of you and the listeners uh, because it's the truth as much as the port charlotte absolutely killed people who had the opportunity to taste the orkney from under the table mm-hmm. that killed even harder than the Port Charlotte. That's amazing. Yeah. That is amazing. Yeah. Yeah. And and really, it made me feel good about our decision to redirect it. Yeah. Uh, and put it into special projects division. And uh, and I did. I, I told I told everybody last uh, Thursday, because uh, people kept saying, and so what are you going to do with this? Now, now that they know it's available to them online, now they want to know, when do I get my hands on that? And what will it look like? And I said, I'll be in Chicago next week working on the special <laughs> project that yep. that will be for special projects division. And just this afternoon, you and I recorded an interview yep. that will be in the reveal podcast. Of what this is for. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so... So stinking excited for that. <laughs> yeah, and again, just showing people it never ends, right? The the anonymous bottle that I poured under the table last Thursday is now the focus of this afternoon's business mm. in Chicago. And then this evening we work on 
the Whiskey Jubilee New York City festival bottling. And then we go home to our respective states and we work on the next layer. And, and it's, yeah, it's, it's. Do we ever have room to breathe? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think, Jason, mm-hmm. now might be a bit of a good time to start wrapping up the conversation. Okay. You revealed what I called my bit of news. It's 11 o'clock at night. Is it? Fucking knacker. Wow. History, history. Read all about it. Life story of Playboy Penny. Extra, extra. Extra, extra. Read all about it. Me and that Playboy in trouble again. So you revealed what was going to be my bit of news about the uh, uh, the master class for Whiskey Jubilee New York. Yeah. Yeah. Like I say, it'll, it'll become news. Today it's just a reveal. Okay. So don't, do we have any... Big news. We have so much news that we can't <laughs> reveal right now. We could almost do a news episode. <laughs> we almost could. <laughs> it would help uh-huh. us to write everything down as well. <laughs> See it in front of us. Do we have <sighs> any? Do we? Um, it's okay if we don't. The Explorers casks from oh, last summer's yeah, John yeah, yeah. Around Isla is coming nearer to completion and release yeah so let me let me interject here so the whiskey that we collected around isla from various uh you know i like to say the great distilleries of isla has been maturing in cask since july and we got to taste it last week right up around to the jubilee we tasted it and it is Spectacular AF. Spectacular as a Frenchman? Spectacular as a Frenchman. Huh. Yes. Interesting. Has yeah. its own beret and stripy shirt and <laughs> garlic oh. string around the neck. That's, that is spectacular AF. There is no denying it. Is there a difference between that Frenchman and a mime? I don't think there's much difference. <laughs> yeah. Probably doesn't have a white painted face, does he? Oh, he's in white face. The mime is. The mime. Uh, the mime is. <laughs> not your average Frenchman. Yeah, your average Frenchman is not in white face. <laughs> um, yeah. So we tasted it, and it is so ready to bottle. The marriage and cask has been wonderful. Uh, labels have been designed. Uh, we're sourcing stoneware decanters for these to go in. We're looking at about 145 bottles, and with luck, these will start shipping mid-year. But as with anything in Scotland, things just take longer than you'd ever expect. But watch this space. Uh, We'll be announcing it shortly. Uh, The pricing is going to be pretty dear on it, but it's a -a one-of-a-kind sort of thing and uh, it's also charitable bottling for the uh for rnli mm-hmm. yep right yep, yep, yep. the lifeboats that's uh, an important charity for people who live on an island yeah and yeah. Uh, we were happy to support it our boys swimming around isla were very happy to support it yeah. so yeah it's all coming out great so excited to see that project come to fruition i know there's a, a lot of demand we get questions about it every day and uh, it'll be ready before too long Yep. Uh, then on the retail side, we have our third retail release 
uh, ready to go, bottled in Scotland, waiting on a little bit of labeling and then onto boats. So I'm I'm very excited because in this release, we are we're we're launching the oldest whiskey we've ever bottled. That part's very exciting. Right? And and this one's actually from your birth month amber and birth year. It is my exact month of birth. Yeah. So this is a 1974 Invergordon single grain, uh, ex-bourbon, incredibly fruity. You'd think it's some sort of a ex-white wine cask or something. It's got wonderful fruits on it. Yeah, really bright. Yeah. Um, yeah. For, for, uh, people, for people paying close attention earlier, you will know that it was June of 1974 for the distillation. Didn't we say June? No. Then on top of that, we've got another older cask, and this one's 28 years old, mm. so distilled in mm. 1989, and this is from an undisclosed Speyside distillery. Mm. Uh, for those that want to do a bit of sleuthing, if you've ever had Compass Box Spice Tree, mm. this is the big spicy component mm. to that blend. It's a Diageo distillery. I'll also say if you drive from Glenfarclas to Abelauer, yeah, yeah. Um, it will be on your left. That it will. Yep. And that is from a sherry butt, refill sherry butt. So 28 years in sherry. Gorgeous, spicy, mm. wonderful sherry notes on there without being too sherried. Uh, hence the refill. So that's quite lovely. Yeah, very very spectacular little yeah. drum. Yeah. We've got a 10-year-old Croftingea coming out. Mm. So peated, heavily peated Loch Lomond mm. uh, in a bourbon hoggy. Age? 10 years. Beauty. I said that. Beauty. Yeah. We've got an undisclosed Isla, also 10 years old, coming out. And it's from Isla's largest distillery. This is quite a fruity Undisclosed Isle. I'm really, really excited yeah. about this particular one. Age? I said it. Ten years. This is the second time I give the year, and you just boom. I just love the symmetry of the Croft and Gaia, and the and we're we're saying on it or we're saying undisclosed Isle. Fuck. We said I just said undisclosed. Okay. I gotta bleep you. Okay. So we're not calling. It we're not calling. It okay. But I love the symmetry of of those peatits being ten years each. Yeah. So we have nothing under ten in this offering. Not in our retail, and there's one more for retail, and I'm I'm forgetting it. For twenty dollars, I can tell you a lot of things. For thirty, I can tell you more, and for fifty, I can tell you everything. Tell me why I'm here first. You're here because you want something. Fifth one that we have is a it's a twenty year old Glenrothes. Bourbon barrel. I'm really excited for it. Yeah, that'll be interesting to put out there because we did, for our first retail release, we had the eight-year-old Glenrothes. Yeah, the sherry cask. And sherry. Yeah. And, uh, and now uh, an older Glenrothes in bourbon. We're excited for everything that we just announced in our oh, news segment. Yeah. There's a ton of interesting things coming down the pipeline. There's even things... We haven't even started to talk about that we're working on behind the scenes. Mm. And uh, those will get their mention uh, in, a, in a future episode of the podcast. Oh, you know what? You haven't told people how to get in contact with us? I'm going to do that 
let me mention this because this needs to come from us before it comes from somewhere else. And someone else has been given this information, but we need to come out with it first. This sounds this wonderfully cryptic. Yes. So this is a, a news addendum just as we're wrapping up the podcast? This is news AF. Uh, okay. News is a Frenchman. Okay. Okay. Over to Joshua. <laughs> Uh, and actually, it's it's kind of apropos of of today, right? Earlier today, we were at Warehouse Liquors. We were with our good friend Gene Charnas, and we bumped into Eddie Russell. We did, right? Got to got to spend some good time with him. And one of the things that we've been holding off on mentioning to people is that when we were with Eddie back in December, now, yep, yeah. Uh, we didn't select a cask of bourbon. We selected two casks of bourbon. We did. I was there. And we never told anybody. We didn't? We didn't. We didn't. So who holds the news who's potentially giving this away? So uh, our good friend uh, David Jennings from Rare Bird 101, mm-hmm. is he was on... Bourbon Pursuit podcast. Mm. And that episode is going to be coming out soon. So if you're a Wild Turkey fan, be sure to uh, to listen to Bourbon Pursuit and listen to David. Uh, there are... I can't think of another person who is as big a fan of Wild Turkey as he is. Oh, for sure. So we will have two casks of Wild Turkey coming out. One of them is from Warehouse D, and it is a more modern style of wild turkey. You've got the nuttiness going on, a sort of rich, oaky quality coming through, some of those stewed cherries that that you get in some of the more modern uh, wild turkey. But then there's the one from uh, Warehouse K, which grabbed our attention because when we looked at the cask, on the on the side of the cask, it said rejected. That had my attention. <laughs> and so we said, wait a second, well, what does rejected mean? And Eddie was very clear in saying, okay, it doesn't say rejected because it's bad whiskey. It's rejected because it doesn't fit the flavor profile of what the standard Russell's pick is. Exactly. And so he said, "All oh, right, now that's interesting," and um, and yeah, so we taste this one, and this is that. Now we're talking classic turkey. Like people talk about that wild turkey funk, mm. and this is this is born from the funk. Yeah, no, right? really deep, interesting dark task. fruits, earthy, that Dunnage warehouse quality to it, really heavy. And and I think that one actually got a fewer number of bottles than the D. I think the D, we're getting about 150 bottles, and the K, we're getting 113. 113? So, 113. Good grief. place to be. Good grief. Yeah. Okay. Yep. Okay. Our mileage may vary. Once release comes, just... Well, yeah, the, yeah that everybody's is... Everybody's Simadonna. It could be less, it could be more. That is just the initial gauge of the cask yeah that's good news to get out of there as yep, well yep. So. so okay so so let's let's end the news there we're not going to have a misconception today because we just don't have time for it we we need to <laughs> let people go 
But I do want to re I really want to urge people to continue to reach out to us. Yeah, please. Uh, we we really enjoy the communication. We enjoy the questions. So if you could email us questions at one nation under whiskey dot com, uh, you could tweet at us at one nation whiskey. You could Instagram us at one nation under whiskey. And then there's the Facebooks. We've got a Facebook group, so just look for One Nation Under Whiskey Facebook group. And then we also have our web page or our Facebook web page, whatever they call it, business page, and facebook.com slash One Nation Under Whiskey. Awesome. I just want to say thank you to the people of Seattle who came yeah, out and, yeah. and supported the third Whiskey Jubilee event in their city. I want to say thank you to our team, uh, Jamie, headed by Jamie Buckman yeah, uh, in yep. Seattle. That team make just made our life so easy on the day. You mentioned earlier about your job out front is to put out fires. Mm -hmm. If they came up, you reported to me, you had no fires to put out. That is, that is testament to the to work. Team. Yeah of our team. So, so thanks to the team. Thanks to friends who came out from Eastern Washington, yeah. who came across Seattle, who came up from LA, who came from places that we haven't even been told about. And yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, real quick. I one name drop here. Thanks to red Russick for mm -hmm. coming out. He, he and his wife just had another child and, uh, he decided to bring a little treat for us, a couple treats including some uh, some some older Glenn Farkless that we're very happy for. Coming up in a future episode. Yeah. And there you go, Joshua. Thank you to you for, for running the front of house. Thank you to you for being behind the table. My absolute pleasure. And from here, it's onward and upward onto the next adventure and ultimately Whiskey Jubilee New York City on June 7th. And then blink and it'll be... Whiskey Jubilee Chicago on November 8th. Good golly gosh. So, well, here. Cheers to you, Joshua. Cheers, cheers to the great. listeners. In the last episode, I referred to our listeners as our readers. You referred to them as your readers. <laughs> you know what else we did? Hold on. I have to add this in. We were talking about NDPs. Yes. And I mistakenly called Smooth Ambler and High West... NDPs now mm -hmm. NDP non distiller producer now they are big producers and High West is probably bigger than Smooth Ambler especially when you consider how much whiskey they're purchasing from other distilleries to make their their bottlings but they are distillers and one hundred percent so that 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 was me yeah. just getting caught up in, in conversation and yeah you, you made me chuckle because you're busy saying now just to clarify just so that we're clear just so that everybody understands yeah. and then you completely misstated them <laughs> i was mistaken af <laughs> now that one holds water <laughs> cheers my friend cheers <laughs> cheers listeners <laughs> Your bed, yeah, it's good because it's not my bed. Yeah, 
So this is us, Jason. Recording. We are. In a hotel room. <laughs> this has become the norm. Should I introduce us? Norm. Norm. It's probably best. Who's Norm? Did I tell you my dad went to school with uh, John Ratzenberger? You're shouting. I'm not shouting. <laughs> I'm not shouting. I'm do, you just know, do you know how I know you're shouting? Huh? Because you're shouting. 